Welcome to Step Into the Story. Incredible conversations of how the Bible changes lives, changes families, and changes communities across the globe. And here's your host, Phil Tuttle of Walk Through the Bible. Welcome to Step Into the Story, where each time we get together, we explore the intersection of God's story and your story. We get there by talking to a guest and we hear that person's own experience with God. And But it's not just to learn about somebody else's experience. Then God's spirit takes that and connects that with our own lives. I've been so looking forward to this conversation. We're going to introduce you to a new friend by the name of Ellie Holcomb. Ellie is a two-time Dove Award winner as a musical artist. Um, that's part of her life. Her family is extremely important to her. And um, you, you may know her from uh, one of her songs that got a lot of play on the radio called The Broken Beautiful a few years ago. She's got a brand new project going to be released um, any day now. And I'm just so looking forward to this conversation. Ellie, welcome to Step Into the Story. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here. Well, Ellie, before we get into the music, uh, it's the it's the song behind the singer that I'm interested in. And um, tell me a little bit about your background. What's the what's the career path? What's the calling um, that God took you through to get you to what you're doing today? Can you give us sort of the short version of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I tell this story, I always say that I think God has a sense of humor because I grew up here in Nashville, Tennessee, daughter of a producer. Uh, my dad is, his name is Brown Bannister. He's produced so many people in within the CCM world, really before CCM was like a, a genre. <laughs> um, so anyway, I grew up in the studios of Nashville, um, knew two things, that music was powerful, a powerful thing that God could use to bring hope and connection. And then also watched as a little kid, uh, the cost of doing music on mm. people's families on, I just, I was 0% enamored with fame. Um, and even though I was very enamored with music and, and the beauty that it could bring. Uh, so I actually swore that I would never be a musician. I swore that I would never marry a musician and in college, a lot of my friends would tell me that I should get together with my best guy friends uh, and it, that we should get married. And I swore I'd never do that. And uh, and so I am married to my husband, Drew Holcomb, who was my best guy friend in college. <laughs> and, uh, and then he's a musician, and now I am too. And so I'm like, I don't really swear I'm not going to do things anymore. Um, but I, I was in his band for eight years. I have been drawn to the fact I was like a bad version of Taylor Swift in college uh, because <laughs> I was writing songs about how my heart was getting broken, which is what the, it was the season of my life. And I would sing in the stairwells of my dorm. And I will never forget. And I think this is really the heart of why I love doing music. But what would happen is I was singing those not very good heartbreak songs in the stairwell of my dorm so I wouldn't wake up my roommate uh, is girls would end up lining the stairwell um, and wow. and they would a lot of times be crying uh, not all of them would be sober uh, for sure <laughs> and they would so often sit down on the stairs with me 
not having ever met me before and start telling me their story. They would say, thank you for playing that song. And so I just thought it was the most amazing thing that just because I played a song, someone would feel safe with me to share their heart and their story. And so I learned in college that music is a bridge builder, that it connects our hearts to one another, even if it's not a song about faith. And then fast forward to touring with Drew, my first, I used to be a teacher. I got my master's in education. And when I packed up my classroom, I drove straight to Young Life Camp, which is a peer church organization that believes every kid everywhere deserves a chance oh, to hear the gospel. love Young Life. Love it. Love, love it. So we've played at Young Life Camp for, we volunteered for one to three months a summer for, I don't know, 10 different summers. Um, love what they do. And I just remember being at Young Life Camp and, and getting a taste of playing our music there. But having this opportunity, yes, music is a bridge builder. Same thing happened. All these high school girls would come and tell me their story. But all of a sudden, I was getting to use music as a tool to connect other people's stories, but then to connect people with the, with the ultimate bridge builder, Jesus. Mm. And to say, oh, I'm so glad to hear your story. Let me tell you the most beautiful story I know. <laughs> just the story of how God was broken for us so we could know that we'd never be alone in our brokenness. Mm, so mm. I um, fell in love with that um, and was doing music in my husband's band for a long time. I started, I got pregnant with our first little girl. And this is longer. This isn't short. Sorry, Phil. That's all right. That's all right. I'm loving it, it. It's definitely uh, a major part and, and where it, I think my story and the story of this beautiful podcast and community that you've, you've built here connect. I was pregnant with my first uh, girl and I was trying to write songs for my husband's band. He's not in the Christian sort of, he, he's a believer, but he's not, uh, doesn't make like CCM music. Right. By any right. Um, and so tell stories, music matters. I think in any way shape or form it's always connecting people and helping people feel less alone but I kept trying to write songs for for his band and I kept accidentally writing songs about Jesus (laughs) and so he was like hey babe I think that you just need to write whatever's coming out of you like you need to just let that out and I don't know why um I don't think I needed his permission to do this, but for whatever reason, when he said that, it set something free in me. I was memorizing scripture at the time with a friend of mine who battles depression. And one of the, one of the things that I realized when in conversation with her, that there were so many lies that she was believing. And in one particular conversation, I was like, Oh my gosh, there's so many lies that I'm believing too. And I got really uh, just, mad honestly at the enemy who's called the father of lies and when he speaks lies are his native language that punk and so i was just like i'm so sick of the enemy feeling our life our peace our joy like the john 10 10 life to the full that god comes to offer us and i just thought man if god calls his word a sword we we might it, it might not be enough for us to just you know, acknowledge the lies. I think we need to ground ourselves in something 
that is true. That's right. Nature hates a vacuum. And whenever we try to eliminate, whether it's a bad habit or a of incorrect belief if there's a vacuum there the air the lie will always flow back in which is that's I right. mean, you're, you're dead on you gotta you yeah. gotta fill that with truth that's right and so that is what we started doing i said you know if god calls his word a sword we might as well start using it and so i'm not going down without a fight and so we started this is just a girl that i met at young life camp a high school kid you know and i was just like I, you know, I think what would happen if we started memorizing scripture together, like just to fill our hearts. So we have access to the truth at any moment. And so we started doing that. And so, man, when, when I, I could not believe what happened because a, I'm really bad at memorizing scripture. <laughs> I'm, I'm not good at it. It's hard work, but it's been some of the most fruitful work um and time that i've spent in my, in my spiritual life because as it turns out I, I don't god isn't lying when he says that his word is alive and active and just like the rains that fall from the heavens and don't return to the heavens without first nourishing the earth and causing it to bud and flourish so is the word that goes out from his mouth it'll accomplish the purposes for which he sent it and we just that is an amazing promise. And what started happening as we memorized God's word is it didn't change our circumstances. You know, like right. it didn't like magically take away my friend's depression. Um, but what it did was it gave us solid ground to stand in and to stand on when the shame storm started coming in. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, and, and man, it changed us from the inside out. And so I, I had started, I really had started trying to write songs because I'm like, I struggle. <laughs> I tell people that I memorize scripture and I'm like, please don't hold my feet to the fire on this. I'm not good at it, but it's been beautiful to work towards that. But I can remember a thousand songs easy. Yeah. And so the way I started writing my music and I never intended, I have actually quit my husband's band to be a stay-at-home mom, we took our girl on the road. She was at two weeks traveling with us in a van, and by the time she was six months, thirty-two states in Canada. Oh man, uh, she'd been to. So, but so when she turned a year, I just thought I need to get her home. She needs to be not in a car seat for seven hours a day. And we had kind of built this whole career up, but really felt this call to kind of come home and just be her mom. Well, about a year later, I have written, I think, forty-five, fifty songs. Because what happens for me is when I sit in God's word, I cannot help but want to sing. And so I thought, man, if I can get God's word into a song, I can remember a thousand songs easy. (laughs) That's so cool. I have trouble with the scripture. And so that's basically what I've done for the past seven years is I've just sat in God's word and let songs fill out. Yeah, Ellie, in preparation for this conversation, I mean, I've I've listened to a lot of your music, been through um, the, both of your albums, As Sure as the Sun and Red Sea Road, um, several times each. And 
they are saturated with scripture and um I just I just really commend you for that. You know, dead on um doctrinal accuracy, but yet still winsome and in a style that that draws people in. And I mean as a as a non musical person, I played the tuba poorly and the radio well <laughs> in high school, but that's about as good as it got. And and just the the co birthing with mm-hmm. God's spirit that goes on. It happens some when I build a sermon or build a curriculum that's going to be taught by people all over the world with walk through the Bible. I mean, there's that there, but especially when it's, when it's music, um, I just can't imagine that level of connection with God. And I I think that's why even when we experience worship, it's oftentimes Mm. through the music that our soul is stirred. And I just, Mm. in, in heaven, I mean, we got eternity I think we're going to get to try lots of different careers that we didn't have time for or the gifts for. And I'm going to do some songwriting in heaven. The Bible says, sing to the Lord a new song. And he may only want to hear some of my songs once, but I'm going to, I'm going to let them out there. Um, As, as I've listened to a lot of your music, as I, as I said, and then um, your new album Canyon that's coming out, I don't, don't misinterpret this because in no way am I dissing any of your former things, but something is going on fresh with you now where there <laughs> is there is a new depth, um, not only in terms of, of the lyrics, but even just even just your vocal range and some mm-hmm. and some different things uh, that are that are happening and like that it's kind of like you'll you'll understand this as a as a parent you know i mean when we were raising our two kids it's like it's you're just trying to win the day sometimes right and yeah and, yeah and, keeping and everybody alive exactly exactly <laughs> and um you know now ellen and i are grandparents with with two grandkids and a, a third one on the way and um, unfortunately they live in Illinois and we're in Atlanta and, but we got to keep them recently. And, you know, so we only see them every few months and we are now your typical grandparents that say things like, I cannot believe how much Jack has grown. He's so, he's so <laughs> tall and Ava, man, she was brilliant before, but now it's like, I, I just can't believe her reasoning skills. And, you know, when oh. that's, that's kind of, that's kind of been my experience with, with your music because to to have the view from a distance you may not even be aware of all of this but i'm just i'm just telling you as a grandparent checking in um you're you're growing like crazy right now and that's that's what i want to explore with you i i want to um tell me about the story behind the new album canyon and 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 especially the, the title cut from that. Um, I've, mm. I've read some about this, but I, I think this is going to, this is going to thrill our listeners to kind of hear the modern day parable that God unfolded in your life. So tell us the story behind mm. Canyon. I love that so much. Thank you for your kind words. I'm like tearing up over here. Um, I, it's so, it's so, and I'm so grateful that God loves us enough not to leave us as we are. It's this journey of going deeper in and higher up, and it just keeps, there's no end to him. And so I just 
grateful, feeling grateful to be on the journey um, today. And I, you know, Canyon was born really, um, I actually wrote a whole other record before Canyon was born. And um, and I wrote it about the, the previous record that I literally shoved off my desk after I went to the Green Canyon. <laughs> 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 really what happened is I went, I visited some of the deepest wounds in my own story. Um, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. I don't know if you're yep. an Enneagram person. Yep, we got but... one of those in our home too. Yep. <laughs> okay. Good. What are you, Phil? I, I'm a card carrying nine, and some of my love wife it. says I'm the ninest nine who ever was a nine. So there oh, you go. Oh, I love that. That's what my I have a lot of nines in my in my family. Um, my dad's a nine too. I love nines. I am the seven who is the enthusiast and who hates pain. Um, so when I say that I I spent a couple of years visiting the deepest wounds in my own story. Um, that is very, that's a very unnatural movement for me. Um, I, I have been in counseling for many years. I'm so grateful for counselors. I have acknowledged that pain. I've talked through it in counseling. But what I've never let myself do is really grieve or lament. Yeah. Uh, and so I went back on a journey to let myself grieve and lament. Because I think when we don't grieve things, it usually ends up coming out sideways time later, which is what started happening with me. And so I had written this whole record about that process because I found that as I let myself go to the, some of those places that I thought would kill me to visit again, and I just simply would breathe there, sometimes mm-hmm. weep there, I encountered uh, and sorry, it's emotional, but I encountered the nearness and the presence and the tenderness and the empathy of God mm. um, in a way, in a palpable way, and in a way that, that brought healing to the very wounds that I was trying to cover up and run away from for so long. <laughs> and so I wrote a whole record about that process because I could not get over it. And then and was working on uh, really like song meetings with producers getting ready to go record that record. Um, and then 2020 happened, March 3rd, 2020, an EF4 tornado tore through Nashville, um, right, mm-hmm. went right behind my house, woke up to the house shaking, scariest night of my life. And, and then, um, you know, this beautiful resurgence of community in the wake of that, like, really scary storm, rebuilding, um, just feeding each other, weeping with each other. Um, people were singing them in Nashville, so people are like, playing circles and little, cir- like, guitar poles in their front yard. I mean, it was so beautiful. Wow. And then a week later, in the midst of that rebuilding, it felt like hope got quarantined. Do you yeah. know what I'm like? Yeah, I sure every, do. It was like safer at home. Um, and so this sense of like what really helped us process grief together and, and rebuild together, we had to go home. We had it. Everybody was isolated. And, and we all know what last year was like. It was just that there was every single person lost something. That's right. Um, there was sorrow on sorrow. There was, 
political tension, racial tension. Uh, it felt some ways like it was more divided than ever, um, than ever a time in recent memory that I can come up with since I've been alive. And so I just, I, in the midst of all of this, um, I, I, I applied the grieving techniques that I learned in my own story really to a global scale. Um, and because I had encountered God there, I wasn't afraid to grieve anymore. And so, um, I allowed myself to lament where we are still with, with racism, with brokenness in our systems, brokenness in our churches in this regard. I allow myself to lament that and to grieve that. And in the midst, allow myself to grieve so many of the painful things that are, that were being experienced around the globe. And in the midst of all of this, when the numbers were low in the summer, I got to go to the Green Canyon for the first time in my life. And mm. Have you been, Phil? I the have. The first time my wife and I went, it was so fogged in that we couldn't wow. see the car next to us. And the park ranger was so excited because he's like, we don't get days off. He's like, you can go to the IMAX and and watch. There's a great video of the Grand Canyon, which is not, oh, no. not the same. Definitely <laughs> a lousy counterfeit. But, yeah, later we got to go back to there and we've had a couple adventures there, but what, what you got to do is on, is on my bucket list. So tell tell us about your trip down the Canyon. This is, this is something else. It's pretty wild. We, so we camped on the Northern rim um, and we figured we could do this trip in COVID. All the numbers were lower and it was camping outside. So we were like, okay, I think we can make this work. And, and we camped on the Northern Rim and then we went down into the canyon and rafted on the Colorado River, spent the night on the riverbanks and then rafted out the next day. And I, it is a trip that will mark me forever. And I will never forget our guide not coming from a perspective of faith, but he was literally preaching the gospel. Mm. <laughs> and here's why he started, he started saying, if you'll look at the King walls, it, they really, they tell a story and it's, it's really a story of disaster upon disaster. It's that right there, that layer right there, that's a mudslide. That one's a landslide. This is evidence of an earthquake. This is when the volcano erupted. It's just layers of, natural disasters and I just and then there's this huge split in between these two walls of layers of disaster and I just thought I have never this looks like a picture of all of our hearts after this crazy especially after this crazy chaotic year but there in the middle in the very pit of that canyon we were on a river there was a river running through this great divide. There was a river running through these stories of disaster upon disaster. And I just thought, Oh my goodness. I have never seen, I don't know if I've seen a more clear picture of the gospel because there is a current of God's love, living water running deeper than our deepest sorrow, ache or longing. And it will carry us. It will only let it when it feels like we can't carry on any longer and we have floods in Nashville recently and I just there's this been this realization I've always loved the water since I was a little kid and I think I found out why because water always moves to the lowest place yeah. in a flood in your house 
it's it it finds the lowest it, it goes to the lowest place gravity pulls it low and i just think that is such a beautiful representation of jesus is he god is always moving low i mean you look at the all so many stories he moves low to scoop mud and put it on the blind man's eyes to heal him he moves low to draw in the dirt with a woman caught in adultery he takes takes the attention off of her right. as he's drawing in the dirt the woman moves moves low who's been bleeding for 12 years to touch the hem of his garment if i can just touch the hem of his garment this low place and he and he sees her in that low place and meets her in that low place he moves low to wash the disciples like God moves to low, broken. Places. And the ultimate example is leaving heaven. You know, God, <laughs> who is all powerful, taking the form of a dependent little baby born in a borrowed feed trough in a probably pretty nasty, you know, just just where none of us would want our kids to be born. And I mean, you talk about coming lower so that then he can he can take us up. To our it's to our forever nature. home, yeah, it, it <laughs> is, it is. It's, I mean, he moves low to the grave. He moves low to the gates of hell. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. Like, he's been. He's. It's running under. That's exactly right. It's. It's all over the whole story of the gospel is God moving low, and water does the same thing. And gosh, our bodies are like made up of water. It just. So I. I. I got home from that trip from the great king and I just I could not shake it and all of a sudden this understanding of of seeing God's nearness and meet me in the lowest places of my story the places that I don't want to talk about I don't want to put on Instagram the places I didn't know God would show up in the middle of I like I'm like I don't even know you went to those places yeah he showed up I thought I was by myself when I went through that yeah right and he's like nope I've been here Mm-hmm. all along and i i realized after that trip it, i felt like my understanding of the gospel went from like oh it's this beautiful raindrop like like it, and to god going no it's not the raindrop it's not just for you it's the ocean ellie like right <laughs> i am this for every single person who will have me like i am here and I just, I could not shake it. And so I got home from the Grand Canyon. I shoved a pile of 35 songs off my desk and literally could not stop writing. And so that is sort of the place where the canyon was born. Yeah. So the the Great Canyon really became the great parable. And, uh, <laughs> and in a lot of ways, your your life message, making sense of your own experience but also then, you know, giving you a new vocabulary to bring God's healing and, and hope to to a whole lot of people. I want to take a minute and just just listen to that song with you. The the lyrics of it are so, so beautiful. So let's let's just take a second now and, and listen to this. Awesome. There in my deepest ache you whisper. The cracks of my broken heart will let you in. There's a river running through my deepest sorrow. There's a river running through my deepest pain. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Step Into the Story with Phil Tuttle. We wanted to take a quick pause and tell you about a new small group Bible study from Phil and Walk Through the Bible entitled Refuge, Finding Home in a World of Change. Refuge is a story of Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz, and it took place during the time of the judges. It was a time when Israel indulged in radical individualism, frequent wars, and idol worship. When we look at our world today with pain, confusion, displaced people, a pandemic, and the fear and loss it's created, things seem awfully similar to the time of Ruth, where so many are looking for home in a world of constant change. We invite you to explore this great new Bible study, Refuge, and discover how God used a grieving widow, a faithful foreigner, and a man of standing to show us how we find our true home and refuge in Him and Him alone. You can find out more about this new resource by visiting walkthrough.org slash refuge. That's W-A-L-K-T-H-R-U dot org slash refuge. Hey, Take a walk and change the world. I told you early on that that it's just obvious as a as a new friend of yours that God is in the midst of birthing something really new, and there's a <laughs> there's a depth there, Ellie. I I'm telling you, you need to trust me on this one. But it's <laughs> but it's not it's not just it's not just that you're going deeper because you're also going wider. And, um, you know, the, the song, the song bridge, that's a, a part of this album too. Um, you know, tell, mm. tell us just real quickly, the story behind that and the, the new community that God has been leading you to be a part of. Mm, yeah. So I think, uh, did you know that the most Googled search right after safer at home restrictions kind of spread out across the country was, are the birds louder? <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, I did not no, know that. It is it, so. I like so there. There was so much. The, the pace of life slowed down for for so many of us. I guess minus essential workers, which God bless them for continuing to show up really? while the rest of the world was halting. But I think for so many people, we could listen. We could see in a way that we hadn't been able to listen or see before because it was more quiet. And that is what happened for me. And I think for so many of us, obviously, like in in light of what happened in the wake of George Floyd um, and the, the racial tension, the man, it all of a sudden my eyes were opened in a way um I couldn't look away anymore. Right. I think I'd always been aware that that was a reality. And, and I grieved that. I've been, you know, I've read some, several books, Just Mercy, amazing by Brian Stevenson, The Warmth of Other Sons by Elizabeth Tilkerson. It, it's definitely like something that I was aware of. But what I had not done was intentionally taken time to listen to my black and brown brothers and sisters who, who because I'm white, I have no idea what it's like to be, and I have no idea what their experiences are like. I just don't, my friend Zandi, um, who I started having really intentional conversations. She's in a, 
uh, band with her twin sister, her brother, and her cousin called the New Respects. They are amazing, beautiful black family. And she and I started having conversation, and I just said, she always says, you don't know what you don't know. Like, how could right. you know what it's like? Because you're not, you're not me. And I guess that's us with anybody else that's not ourselves, right? And so all of a sudden I got invited to be a part. Um, she and I just said, what if we had a small group of diverse women? And we uh, read this book by Latasha Morrison, an amazing, amazing African-American woman out of Atlanta, Georgia, uh, who wrote a book, who loves Jesus. She wrote a book called Be the Bridge. Yep. And there was this beautiful invitation to do some intentional listening and and really to lament and to grieve where we are, to grieve the ways that we have not gotten this right, um, and then to repent, and then to begin the work of reconciliation. And man, so these conversations are so hard. I mean, we know they're hard. The world is like, igniting with it like our country has been like mm-hmm. it's they're hard conversations it's not easy and it's not easy to admit when we've gotten it wrong like I, just i had to do so much saying i did not realize i just didn't know i didn't know i didn't know what this experience or when i said this being colorblind i didn't realize how dismissive that was right, of, right. of a the beautiful colors that God made each one of us, like in the beautiful color that he made you, but be dismissive of, of the, the hard, the, the hardship in the way that you've been treated and, and mm. your experiences. And so it has been one of those experiences where all we're doing is having conversations around really the beauty of unity and, and racial reconciliation that is so clearly presented to us in the gospel, but it felt like the seeds that have been planted in my heart. I am a totally different person just from conversation. And I'm so grateful. And in this process, the gospel, it has been so hard to do painful, hard to lament, hard to grieve, but I do not want to miss the beauty that has happened in the relationships in our group, the way that my heart has expanded. I feel like I have a new set of eyes to see the world with and the gospel has become not diminished in any way. It is, it is wider. It is higher. It is deeper. It is more colorful. It's more wonderful. It's more powerful than I ever imagined possible. And we get to be invited into this beautiful work. Like, in Isaiah 61, the prophecy of the ministry of Jesus, it says that we will be a planting oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor, and we will be the people who rebuild ancient ruin. Mm-hmm. We get to be molecules that join up with that current of water, <laughs> of living water that runs runs to the very lowest places of pain and and suffering and hurt in people's stories and get to be a part of bringing life and light and hope and healing. And Mm. I have not experienced anything that that feels, I don't know, kind of closer to to God's heartbeat than this this beautiful work of racial reconciliation Mm. that I've had the privilege of doing. 
Yeah, I've been so blessed in my life to have some friends who are black and brown and but who are who love me enough when I can say, okay, I'm probably going to say this the wrong way because I don't know how to say it the right way. I'm going to ask a really dumb and maybe inappropriate question, but, but can you help me? And, and um, I'm, I'm telling you, Ellie, I'm on that journey with you. Um, I had, I had several goals in mind for our conversation. The first was just that, that personal curiosity of what is going on in Ellie's life that's making the difference. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember the song we used to sing as little kids, Deep and Wide, Deep and Wide, There's a Fountain Flowing oh, Deep yeah, and Wide. A, I mean, yes. you know, we explored, we explored the new depth in your ministry. And now mm-hmm. what God is releasing is the width, the breadth of it, mm-hmm. where, where, you know, I mean, you can reach out to more cultures. You can go more mm-hmm. global and, that's exactly the path God has had on the ministry I lead at, at Walk Through the Bible, which obviously mm-hmm. started here in the U.S., but is now active in about 130 countries, and it's all national-driven. <laughs> and their their experience in the church is so different than mine, but it's my mother-in-law, every time we get together, would always go, yeah, it's a preview of heaven. And, and it's like <laughs> what you're getting to taste now uh, is is a preview of heaven and that was right. that was really my second goal for our talk today was to invite all of our listeners to not not be content with the quality of christian experience because there is more it can mm. go deeper and and mm-hmm. it needs to go more broadly um but yeah. really my my third goal um was just that this would be an encouragement to you. I, I knew I'd walk away from this encouraged, <laughs> but I wanted to specifically encourage you. And so if, if you would allow me, I'd love to pray for you before we wrap mm. up this conversation. Oh, Father, thank that. you for Ellie. Thank you for the deep work that you've been doing in her life. Thank you for her willingness to um, let you into places that she's spent a long time trying to keep people out of and not even go there herself. And then to think she's letting you in and to discover that you've been there all along at the most painful (laughs) points, you were there. She was not on her own alone at those times. And, and father, each of us have areas in our life that, that still, still we survived them by just closing them up and pretending Mm -hmm. that they didn't exist. And yet, Mm -hmm. yet they seem to come out, especially um, in conflicts with those that we're the closest to because we feel <laughs> safe there. So, Father, take this experience that that you're taking Ellie through, and, Lord, repeat that in my life, repeat that in our lives, and, Lord, just continue to release in her um, new songs, not new mm-hmm. truth because you've already revealed your truth in the Word, but but a way to take timeless truth and communicated in fresh ways for our mm. cultures and other cultures be, beyond. Lord, take take her ministry and multiply it beyond her wildest dreams. Um, mm. For your glory and your glory alone, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, amen and amen. Thank you so much, Phil. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. And-
Ellie, we are so excited about your new album, Canyon. Um, tell us when it's going to be available and the, the easiest way for our listeners to access it. Uh, absolutely. I'm excited, too. It comes out June 25th. Really, everywhere the music is streamed or purchased, it'll, it, it should be there. Um, iTunes, Spotify, you can go to elliholcomb.com. It's H-O-L, comb your hair. <laughs> you okay, <laughs> there you go. As we've all been listening to Ellie's story today, um, I don't know about you, but I'm challenged. I'm challenged to not live so safely, to not be so self-protective, to not mm. think that I need to scheme and plan and engineer my life to avoid pain of the past. And I, I hope that I hope that God's saying the same thing to you. You know, every time we get together on Step Into the Story, that's what we want to do is is learn from other stories how God's story has intersected with them. And I pray that yeah. this would not be just something we hear about other people, but um, that also we would enter into this ourselves. And yeah. um, we're here at Walk Through the Bible. If we can help you in that journey, check out our resources at walkthrough.org. We'd love to pray for you. And um, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please do so, so you don't miss a, a single one of these conversations, because mm. all together, they're forming a beautiful tapestry that shows us what God is doing in our world today. Thank you so mm. much for being a part of this today, and we'll see you next time on Step Into the Story. Thank you for joining us for the Step Into the Story podcast, powered by Walk Through the Bible. We'd love to hear what you think by giving us a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also, don't miss a single episode by clicking the subscribe button. If you'd like more resources to help you explore and live God's word in your daily life, visit walkthrough.org. That's W-A-L-K-T-H-R-U dot O-R-G. Walk through the Bible. Take a walk. Change the world.